1: This, this, this is 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 fight disciples. We are gathered here today
0: for the fight disciples. UFC and boxing talk.
1: Welcome to episode 112 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Thank you so much for downloading us. If this is the first time you've stumbled across us, I know I say this every single episode, hit subscribe on our website. Therefore, you'll get episodes every Tuesday, every Wednesday, every Thursday. We're dishing it out for fun, man. It's free. We're not charging you. So get yourself amongst it. There's two boxing episodes and one UFC episode every single week. Thursdays is UFC day, hence being here with us today, no doubt. Uh, you can get it all on fightdisciples.com and on our social medias at Fight Disciples, uh, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Again, I'm going to take you behind the fourth wall now of this particular podcast. We're again late at night, mainly because Nick's been sorting out his microwave oven from yesterday uh, and the weather's been that good. He's been in the paddling pool today, oiling it's up, have you, have been been
0: l- good, mate. Speedos have been on. Speedos. Oh, I've got a story about my Speedos.
1: I was going to... Well, that's where we're going. Go on, tell them about your story about your Speedos.
0: So obviously last week, we, we, how much as fans, Fife fans, how much did we enjoy spending our weekend, you know, mid-afternoon, well actually it was about lunchtime wasn't it, it was like just before lunch, Yeah, chilling in the gardens, the sun was cracking the flags here in the UK. We're all tuning into UFC Singapore. Absolute perfect timing. Kids are in the paddling pool, everything sorted. So I goes on social media and I'm like, this is fantastic. Got a nice frosty glass with a beer in. I'm sitting here in my Speedos. I've got my Factor Non on, trying to suck in as many rays
1: as I can. Chip I- fat. Cheap I always used, you went for, didn't you?
0: Well, when I was a kid, because we were minge bags when we were a kid, we used to go abroad and these 18 to 30s holidays. You know all about them. You used to DJ at them. That was your background. I know this. I know your backstory, son. But we used to go abroad. And instead of... One year, we went away, and these girls said to us, what are you buying suntan lotion for to waste the money? You're wasting your beer money on suntan lotion. Come with us. And they taught us how to make suntan lotion
1: simply two ingredients. Wait a minute, wait a minute. For anybody that is listening to this that is one, a pharmacist and two, thinking of trying this out on your kids, please don't take any interest no. in what he's about to say Do whatsoever because the UV rays will go through the fucking roof, right? There is no protection in what he's about to tell you. This is purely about getting a tan, I'm guessing. Go on, this is
0: This is late 90s, 18 to 30, holiday to Falaraki or somewhere equally absurd. Uh, homemade suntan lotion. Quite simple. Three ingredients. Hmm. Olive oil, vinegar, and lemon juice. Boom.
1: Are you taking the piss? You'd stink, mate. You'd stink <laughs> like you'd come out of the it's fucking chippy.
0: Works like a dream, and the mosquitoes don't go anywhere near
1: you. I bet they don't. Bloody tastes like shite <laughs> with that on. <laughs> Did it work on a tan? Did you get a tan on that? Belted of a tan, yeah. Serious? Belted. Honestly, yeah, yeah. good tan. We used to... Um, do we, What... what there was a kid that used to go on holiday wheels right and he always he was always mint tanned all year round absolutely the daddy when it comes to being tan light and he used it wasn't olive oil i think it might have been coconut oil or something it makes sense there was absolutely no like uv protection at all it was just purely about magnifying the rays in order to fry (laughs) that's all it was about man Exactly. God no, I haven't seen him for about 20 years now. He's probably shriveled up like a prune.
0: Oh, he's, he's probably like an old
1: leather handbag. Yeah, think... yeah. That's been left in the rain. <laughs> looks like 60 years of age. He's only yeah. 30 odd. He looks exactly. about 60, man.
0: Some granddad's ball bag he looks like now <laughs> walking around. <laughs> purple <lackeys> ball bag.
1: <laughs> yeah, purple... Oh, I, I forgot. As if I forgot to tell you about this. I was in. Don't
0: a... tell me you've got a Purple story for no. me.
1: Yeah, I've got a Purple story for you. Um, For anybody that is not from. Do you reckon Purple known outside he's of. The nationwide.
0: He's nationwide. he's Nationwide. When I used to wake up in Newcastle, the guys upstairs, up there, Davy and Joe, yeah. Little
1: Joe, yeah, yeah.
0: they were obsessed with Aki. They'd never. They. It was just like a fairy tale. All right. Okay. Well, he's a fairy
1: tale. No, he is a fairy tale. Listen, for, for the, you're you're a Scouser, so you can proper comment on this because he's from the I know. side area. Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, I don't know. Him, but yeah, yeah know, I've got. To... I've had an experience. Has he them. touched you? <laughs> <laughs> Has he touched your muscles? Listen,
0: KFC circa 1992.
1: Right. Come on. Give give people the background of who purple Aki is. So Aki is.
0: Most people think he's a fantasy, but he's not. He's actually a real guy. That's been p- quite, you know. He's he's put it this way. He's he, he likes to go round the Merseyside and Greater Merseyside area, uh, touching men's muscles. Yeah. And I'm not talking just about boys here. I'm not just talking teenage boys. I'm talking. This guy was banned from Saint Helen's Rugby League Club's training ground. Yeah. They got a. They made. They actually got a police thing to keep him away because <laughs> he was up there all the time. Yeah. He's notorious.
1: He's a big lad himself. He likes to go to the gym himself, doesn't he? he likes to get, likes to get him. Oh, he's it. a unit. He's yeah. a unit. Yeah. Mm. He's, a, you know,
0: he's a sandwich short of a picnic, I'm sure. Mm. But, uh, but yeah, he's, you know, he's, uh, he's well known, and everyone kind of from this area, everyone's got a story about Purple Hockey. Well, like, check we this in, out. Go on, go on. Let me hear your story. Yeah. No,
1: go on. If you got, if you got. Well, a, well, a I've got, a, I've got a story
0: from when I was a teenager. We were in the go KFC on. on Wavertree High Street, and he came in there, and uh, I was with my mate Jay. It was, it's his stag dude coming up this summer. Actually, we, we were in there and he made, he come in and made a beeline to Jay, and was like, my, and felt his biceps and was going, oh, do you work out? Do you go to the gym? And you know, when you're, a, when I was a teenage lad, I was thinking I've never been so happy to be the tall skinny one because <laughs> I, he had no interest in me whatsoever. And I just prayed years on, years later when I put a bit of juice on myself, I just prayed that I never bumped into him. Thankfully I never have.
1: Well, check this out, right? Now, I know that this is a Merseyside thing with Purple Ikey, but where I'm based in, um, in Stockport, just outside Stockport in Manchester, there's a restaurant, a burger restaurant called The Salita. Uh, it's in the northern quarter in Manchester, right? You can go there and get your burgers. We're going to give it a free plug. And in fact, if anybody's connected to The Salita and wants to sponsor the show, listen, you can sponsor <laughs> us through what I'm about to tell you. You don't have to give us any cash. Just give us free access to this, what I'm about to tell you now, right? So they, they specialize in burgers. They've got a burger menu. Guess what their burger of the month is this month? The per- Are you ready? Yeah, the purple teriyaki. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. So it's a bur- it's a it's a purple brioche bun. Obviously, standard burger draped in teriyaki sauce, mate. And they've gone for it. But the best thing about it, it's the only burger on the menu that has its own logo, and it's the emoji of the man. Uh, flexing his muscles, that's Brilliant. all it is absolute Class. gold mate, whoever came up with that as a marketing ploy, I take Genius. my hat off to you, there you go, the purple teriyaki you can get it at Salita, northern quarter, of Manchester get yourself down there and fill your boots <laughs> it's full of protein, you'll be pumped up off the back of it without any shadow of a doubt uh, now listen you uh, touched upon, to pardon the pun um, mid-afternoon fighting UFC Singapore. It would yep. be so refreshing to watch a UFC card one when I'm not tired, yeah, uh, and two in the middle of the day when the sun's out, so you can just enjoy it like a normal human being. And I've got to be honest, UFC Singapore lived up, man. It was decent. It was. It was great, and uh,
0: you know, it, 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 there was some decent
1: fights certainly early on. There's a
0: couple of good knockouts as well, and uh, just sitting there, as I say, with a frosty one in my speedos, watching it.
1: You it was... didn't. You didn't finish the speedo thing.
0: Oh, the speedo thing. Yeah, of course. So. I post that on social media, I get stick off everybody. And tons of our listeners give me stick, going, "Oh, no, too much information." In fact, even James Elliott, the former head of UFC Europe, he come on so, on Twitter and was like, "Oh, Nick, no, no, too much, too much." I thought that's harsh because you know, come you on, guys. Yeah. I don't look bad in speedos. You know, that's, I've got, I'm not, I don't, wouldn't say I look like Conor McGregor. I'd say I more look like Fedor Emelianenko. <laughs> Or Shogun, to be totally honest. But you know what? Fine figuring, man. So I'll take that all day. But anyway, I put it on social media. So who comes and befriends me?
1: Mm.
0: None other than the Speedo Appreciation Society. Contact me via Twitter. Were you serious that you were sitting off in your Speedos? I said, yeah, yeah, of course I was, yeah. So they followed me, and then they sent me a message saying, do you want to follow us back? <laughs> no.
1: You, you did, no, they're going to DM <laughs> you for some, like, uh, you're going to be the new Speedo model or something yeah, like that. Exactly, we're going to see yeah. you on the front cover of uh, Debenhams magazine or something <laughs> like that, aren't we, lad? <laughs> In your million encore type High figure. and mighty. Yeah, it, high yeah. and mighty, baby, yeah. Loving it. Giving it the big pouch pause. Giacomo. Me and Freddie off mm. on the corner of the next
0: Giacomo yeah. catalogue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> back to the fighting now that you've told that. Go on. You were sat Sorry, there with yeah, your yeah. Speedos on, enjoying a little bit of Singapore.
0: Sat there with my speedos on, yeah, thinking, fuck, I can't believe my predictions are going out the window in style here. Takanori Gomi, goodbye. Tarek Safadine, hard luck. Mm. Uh Kyung Kim, not again. Uh, great performance by Colby Coving- uh, Covington. No, Andre Orlovsky, see you in Bellator, buddy. I <laughs> uh, got to the main event and it was like, Holly, man, you've got to try and save your career here because let's be honest, the bantamweight division needs Holly Homet, needs names. Yeah. Uh, and, and to be fair to her... The fight, I thought the fight was going well. It was waiting to warm up. But the, Did you? I, but thought I thought it was shit. I thought, no, I think it, they were just kind of sizing each other up. But I thought, something's got to happen. Something's got to break. And then in the manner that Betcha Correa is just like, come, Holly, Holly, come on. What are you scared of, Holly? Come, 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 And I'm thinking, mate, don't fucking go with her on like that. Don't antagonize her. She's done a lot more than you will ever do. And then it was like, Wa-ba-bam! there's that left high kick that still got Ronda Rousey's teeth imprinting. Ignited on her chin. I'm like, yeah, fantastic.
1: What did you think of the snide shot afterwards? The kid was out, man. She just still put the left hook on her. I love that. I love exactly. the snide of it all.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's like you're still, you're not waving me on now, are you, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Good. I like that though. I like that about Holly Holm. Yeah, I like man. the fact that she's the preacher's daughter, and yet she kicks ass. Yeah, yeah. But she she desperately needed it, didn't she? It, Same honestly, Korea, If she, man. Same if she hadn't have won that, where does she go next? She, there's no. I don't think she'd have been cut from the UFC. But I certainly think that she would have had to sit down and think about a career because if you're not beating, uh, Beche Correa, then at the end of the day, you're not going to push for a title shot. So. It completely revitalised her ambitions in the UFC and the UFC should have been the biggest. They should have been celebrating more than anybody because they need Holly Holm in the sport.
1: I don't know if um, regular listeners to the show will notice this, that Nick has uh, improved his pronunciation of fighters now. Uh Did bet you get your, on that then? yeah. Betcha, bet, you, Claire Yes. Um, and I think you've done that because your mate, Mr. Chilliberti, has been tweeting us quite a lot, taking the piss out of who we were pronouncing on last week's show. That's so, right. what I think you've done there, you've had a little bit of a conflab with him. You've gone through the pronunciations, and now look at you, you think you're fucking Portuguese.
0: Well, because when I watched the show on Saturday, uh, I was sitting and listening because I know John does a lot of research. He goes with the fighters and sits with them and goes, how, and they talk him through how to pronounce the names properly. So, obviously, she's Brazilian. Beche is the way they pronounce because they Beth. pronounce all the E's rather yeah. than the silent E's, but they don't pronounce the R's. Yeah. So it's Beche, that's how you pronounce her name. I think that's pretty good, actually. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going to hang out with Darren till later this week. I think I'm going to get down to the gym, so I'm going to ask Darren about that pronunciation. But for me, that sounds pretty good. Mm. Beche, There you go.
1: Well, do you know
0: what? I'm, I'm nailing her name, but she ain't going to be around much fucking longer sure anyway.
1: So. makes she's still fucking nailed to the canvas in bloody yeah, is, Singapore, yeah. man. Still asleep, still ho- licking ho- the holly, canvas. Holly put her to Kip. Um, I was dead excited about RDA. You know that I'm a fan of his, mate. I wasn't yep. so sure about the move up in weight. But for me, okay, he's, he's fought at a higher standard. I know that he's your mate, uh, Safiadin. However, <laughs> however, I thought RDA looked
0: mint. I thought he looked
1: really, really good.
0: Yeah, he did, yeah. He did. And, and you know what? Don't overlook that Safiadin performance because to do that, to completely dominate uh, Tarak like that is, uh, is a big statement. Safadin's a former welterweight champion. And uh, you know that really was a, a bit of a coming out party for for RDA, and he desperately needed it. That was a home. That was pretty much a a home uh, a home fight for him because he he's been based out yeah. of Evolve in Singapore off and on for well over a decade. So he, he had, the pressure was on him a little bit. But you know when you when you think about who he's lost to RDA, it, you know he's only lost to the very best certainly in the last few years. You know, he lost to Khabib. Well, everybody loses to Khabib. Then he goes and wins the title. Eventually loses the title to Eddie Alvarez, and then lost the fight of the night. People forget it was a fight of the night. It was an actually belted of a fight against Tony Ferguson. Mm. Tony Ferguson, for me, is probably the best active lightweight mixed martial artist right now. being in mind that the champion is now uh, a boxer, <laughs>
1: <laughs> which, we're gonna t- which we're going to talk about in a bit, but. Like I said, I was apprehensive about the step-up in weight. Now, yeah. off the back of that performance, I'm getting excited, mate. I'm thinking to myself, hey, there's a new kid at Welter that could do a bit. This is going to be fantastic. If they can move him quickly, because time's not on his side, let's be honest. So if we can move him quite quickly, this time two fights, three fights down the line, we could be talking RDA for a title shot if it all goes to plan.
0: Yeah, definitely, and why not? You know, as I say, he's mixed in the best the best class. You've now got to start ranking him properly as a, as a 170 because... Tarek, for me, was a a top 50, 170 anyway, so you've Mm. got to start to give him the respect he deserves. Uh, God only knows where he'll end up in the UFC rankings. You know what I think about those official rankings and the the crowd of non-MMA writers that have actually contributed to that bloody thing. But still, just looking at those ratings, you've got to start thinking... The thing is, you you
1: need to clear that up, right? Because there'll be people that listen to the show that go off these rankings and think, oh, look at this guy. Yeah, he's ranked at pound for pound. And we have arguments with people on social media about it, and we poo-poo that all the time. We give it shit, and people think that it's us. They think that we're giving... Well, hang on a minute. How can you say that when the official UFC rankings are this? The UFC have fuck all to do with the rankings. They don't have a a connection to it.
0: No, they don't. They kind of host it, obviously. But what they do is um, they have a collection of... And I'm, I'm using some nice little flying, curly fucking...
1: Look at you, trying to get yourself out of getting uh, some shit off social media, mate. Come no, on, no, I ain't going
0: to get shit off social media. What I'm saying is, they have a, a panel of so-called MMA media that contributes to these rankings, and they provide their top 15s in every weight division, including the pound-for-pound list. Yeah. And the UFC brings all them together and picks out the averages, and whichever one gets the most votes, obviously, that's how they build their ranking system. On UFC.com, they have no... Input, input into that at all. However, look at that list. You can actually go on there and select each individual mixed martial arts writer that contributes. Hmm. And I urge you to go on there go on, and try go on, and pick it. out. Say it, man. Try and pick out a single <laughs> name that's fucking legit that anyone's ever heard of. You know, it, it's like guys from fucking back end back alley radio networks in South Carolina or whatever it is. They're just people that no one's heard of. There's nobody there from MMA Junkie. No one there from Fighters Only. No one there from MMA Fighting. No one there with any kind of street cred in terms of if you if you bang into mma and where you get your information from yeah, yeah, yeah. no one near is involved and that's the problem but the problem is those guys have got the committed to their own ranking system on their own website some of them in fighters as only's as, uh, aspect obviously I come bit, as being the former editor we decided not to get involved because we remained, wanted to remain more impartial Rather than grading people all the time and stuff, so it, it's kind of a thing. Unfortunately for me, I think the UFC should just do it in house. Yeah, many of the guys at the UFC have been involved in the sport a lot longer than these so-called MMA journalists. Anyway, they're not going to get it that far wrong if they do it in house. You know, the the NFL, I'm sure, do like the the ranking system and you know the draft system and all that. They're heavily involved in all that. So I don't understand why they push it on this external you know, fucking third-rate MMA media to pick out their rating system. Just fucking do it internally. Employ me, I'll do it for you. I'll do a better job than these guys. (laughs) I'm available now. We can't out there. You know where to find You've no
1: actual affiliation, so therefore you're allowed to be as as biased or as impartial as you choose. Exactly. On a day-to-day basis, mate. Exactly. Um, one thing that does come out of UFC Singapore for me, though, mate, more of it, more fights out there. The reason I say this is because I get to watch it whilst I'm having a bacon butty or having a beer in my back garden rather than staying up all night long um, and uh, sticking the old matchsticks in my eyes just to keep myself awake to see the main event. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, 100%. And it's not just Asia. You know, I just think everyone... It's like in New Zealand. That fight in New Zealand of the week to make it sense for US. That was like at nine o'clock in the morning in yeah. New Zealand or something bonkers. Do you think we? It do should enough... just be on at the right time for that region. Yeah. And fuck everybody else. Yeah. Like you've just got to go. You know what? fight's on at lunchtime on a Sunday, or it's on a, you know, uh, eight p.m. on a Saturday or whatever. That wouldn't that be more fun anyway? Because you can dip in and out. There's not many people in Europe that are staying up till. Four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning,
1: every other week to watch UFC. Well, I was going to ask you that. Did we do enough then? I know it's still only new and what have you, but did BT take full advantage of the situation that that was on in the afternoon?
0: No, definitely not. Because they should I'd, do, though, man, because They there. should do. They should have given it a real big build-up, but they didn't. In fact, I was looking around to see where it was on because obviously the UFC Same. was selling it as a pure Fight Pass show. Same, I only thought it was fight just Fight pass.
1: pass. I only thought it was Fight Pass, and then it was only because of my Twitter feed had uh, tweets from BT Sport with video clips on there. I thought, well, they must be showing it. So I flicked it yeah. on, and it was on.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the, the UFC need to do more in this region to tell us what's going on in this region. But listen, we know what's going on. The UFC at the moment, they've got minimal staff everywhere outside of Vegas because, hopefully, they're about to explode and and do this super growth thing, but it's looking like it's gonna be 2018, this time next year at the earliest. Hmm. At the moment, we're just treading water, as usual.
1: Uh, Make sure you stick with the show, because uh, we've got UFC Oklahoma to talk about a little bit later on, and Nick's going to go off his tits that BJ Penn's on the card. That's coming up a little bit later, though. Um,
0: How did you you know? (laughs) How did you know? I know how you roll, You know me so well. (laughs) This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store.
1: Um, Now, there's been quite a lot going on in the world of UFC, outside of the octagon uh, this week. Um, and I'm going to start with probably the most distressing news, um, and that is obviously the news of uh, Matt Hughes, uh, with what happened to him at the back end of last week. I think it was last Friday uh, in the states. Nick, correct me if I'm mm-hmm. wrong. If I get anything wrong here, but he's uh, he was driving his truck in his local town, and he were, and that truck was hit passenger side by uh, a train. He's been airlifted to hospital. Um, he spent a bit of time obviously unresponsive, but would be taught I mean, at this moment in time, again. As we record this, you might be listening to this out of date, so please bear with us and, and, and give us a little bit of leeway on this. But at this moment in time, we're told that he's receptive, he, he's where he's at at this moment in time, and um, there will be quite a long road back recovery-wise, and we wish him all the best in uh, recovering, hopefully, uh, 100% fitness. I mean, this guy's a legend of the UFC, so distressing that that we we've got to this situation with him.
0: Yeah, it is. You know, obviously we don't know the full details at this point. But obviously, you know it just uh, doesn't sound good. It doesn't. No, you know your truck getting hit by a by a train. It doesn't sound like it. it it's an accident, does it? Unfortunately, but you know have you've just got to try and stay positive. And Matt Hughes, you know, an absolute legend, one of the greatest welterweight fighters of all time, and one multiple of the greatest,
1: wel- multiple welterweight champion, man.
0: Of course, one of the, one of the you know Hall of Famer. Definitely, you know, he, he that that was why the UFC gave him that cushy job prior to MG coming in. He, you know, he had a. He had basically uh, some kind of vice president position. I think it was athlete relations or something like that, which basically, like, him and Chuck Liddell, they were just basically getting a monthly wage for being Matthews and Chuck Liddell, to be honest. I don't think they were actually doing too much for it. But, uh... You know, that, 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 but that's what he gave the UFC. You know, when they needed him, they, you know, it, during that growth period when they had nothing and they were fighting to get on TV and the Fatier Brothers just bought over, you know, it was the likes of Chuck and Matthews and Tito and later George St. Pierre. Yeah. They, they were the ones that built the organization, Forrest Griffin, of course. So that's why they were all given these, well, the ones that were still in favor were given these cushy jobs, if you like, as a, as a thank you to them long term. Um, but obviously, Matt in the situation he's been in, obviously, ING came in uh, most of those jobs. I think Forrester's the only one that's still employed by the company as far as I know. The rest of them have been cut loose, which is why, unfortunately, we're hearing, like, Chuck Liddell is being linked with potentially a comeback fight. Well, he we was talking about potentially a comeback fight. Hmm. Uh, with Matt Hughes at one stage and everything, you just kind of think, oh, no, we don't need this. We don't need this for the sport. But obviously, we don't know where Matt head was at. Hopefully, it comes out that it was some kind of freak accident. Uh, The latest I heard was that he's actually got no broken bones. I know, I heard that. Yeah, nothing, no issue because you know, let's face it, he's Matt Hughes, man. He's (laughs) like he's like Superman, like the million dollar man. But unfortunately, he's got he's got brain issues, and that has led to the fact that uh, you know he's he's being kept sedated at the moment. But he is supposedly responsive in terms of squeezing family members' hands. So you know, it's one of those moments you just got to pray for him
1: no absolutely I'm sure there's loads of fans that are listening to this right now of we'll Matt Hughes and probably got into the sport through his fantastic achievements in the World 2 division beating the likes of George St-Pierre in his heyday. there yeah. um, and I'm no doubt that they'll be sending all their well wishes as well to him and, and, the, and his family uh, another sad story before we move on uh, ex UFC fighter Tim Haig sadly passed away 34 years of age mate he was participating in a in a boxing bout um, I think he was in actually in Edmonton. Um, obviously, Edmonton Province at the moment because uh, the UFC are going there very very shortly. Uh, yeah. But he was in the UFC. I think he had five fights in the UFC. But he's moved over to boxing, um, and he was n- knocked out in about on Friday night in the second round, and sadly passed away on Sunday. It's I mean that's not just a UFC thing or a boxing thing. That's a fight community thing. People, we admire these kids for getting in the ring and putting their lives on the line. And and when things like this happen, it just is a stark reminder of how dangerous this sport is, whether it be boxing or whether it be mixed martial arts. You don't play at this. This ain't a game. This is real, you know. And there's guys that are doing this to put uh, food on the table for their kids and keep roofs over the heads of their families. And, of course, there's glory in it as well. They want to be champions at some... Uh, different weight classes or different uh, organisations, but the, the the main thing is is that we want all these guys, yeah, to put on the show for us, yeah, to entertain us, but 100% come out with the health. And at the end of the day, that just didn't, wasn't to be for uh, Tim Hager. At 34, man, that is no edge.
0: It, it is, unfortunately, you know, and, and, and this, this comes back to the fact that the sport, fight sports in general, suffers from not having some kind of global governing body or, you know, it, it, last time I tried to make this comparison, I mentioned the word FIFA and that would be the fucking disaster, of course, because mm. it's a disaster for football. But I know a, a global overseeing health body would be so valuable in fight sports where they could monitor what fighters are doing, who are crossing codes maybe, or even just in one code and and how many knockouts they're getting and everything else. You know, it, that was that was Tim Hague's fourth professional boxing matches, second consecutive Knockout defeat. Mm. Uh, when you combine that with the fact that he he was knocked out in four of his last five yeah. MMA contests yeah, yeah. as well, you know it, it doesn't paint pay a great picture. And you and you've and you've got to try and get your head around the fact that while MMA might have gone, you know what, you've been knocked out a few times here. Then boxing, I've got to try and take that on board as well, and vice versa. Mm. You know, someone the promoters here need to go. Wait a minute, Tim Haig, He's he, you know he's been knocked out six times, seven times in the last eighteen months and t- across two different codes. Do we really wanna match him with a guy that's, you know, seven and one with, with six knockouts? You know, does that really make sense in a heavyweight division where this guy's obviously gone gone incredibly chinny later in his life? I don't know, you know, it's easy to kind of make those allegations from from where we are literally up the top of a up the top of a tower here in the UK. But, you know, there's gotta be some kind of responsibility with people in sport to, sometimes protect fighters from themselves and you know it's a tragedy there's no two ways about it but unfortunately the writing was almost on the wall this guy's been getting knocked out a lot you don't put somebody like that in with a young prospect that's got dynamite in his fist because
1: you're asking for trouble Mm. thoughts and prayers uh, with Tim Hague's family this
0: is the Fight Disciples podcast subscribe now via the iTunes store
1: now then, let's move on to the ladies' £145 division, the division that was made for Chrissy Cyborg. Let's be straight, let's, let's call the spade a spade, man. Let's not mess about with it. This division was made, it was supposed to be a coronation, it was a coming out, Cyborg, come here and be the champion UFC at £145. We'll make a weight class for you because we've been fucking you over by making you drop too much weight and you've been killing yourself, kid. That's what we're going to do. We're going to sort that out for you, Cyborg. What does Cyborg do? She gets popped for fucking drugs, the clown. <laughs> What's she playing at, mate? So therefore, everybody else has got to get involved and become champs. GDR fights Holly Holm, becomes the first uh, lady champion at £145. And almost immediately, Jermaine Durandame it uh, says that the uh, cyborg fight ain't happening. There was a, there was various excuses that came about. One, I've injured my hand. I need to go and get that operated on. Two, oh, maybe Holly Holm deserves another fight because it was such a close fight. And then all of a sudden we get a little bit of truth. Listen, this kid's been popped for drugs. I'm standing up for what I believe in. I am not fighting the number one contender because she's juiced in the past. Well... The UFC don't like principles, mate. That's what it seems. <laughs> they don't like principles. The girl's standing up for what she believes in. Tough shit, kid. Give us your belt back. Boom. She's been booted out of the 145 uh, championship spot. Now that belt's on the line for two girls at UFC 214. Cyborg versus Megan Anderson. Don't get me wrong. I want the fight. but the G- great fight. But GDR's had her pants pulled down there, has not she? Come on, man. She's had her bum smacked.
0: She has yeah and you know what good on the UFC like I'm going to back the UFC no, 100% man. on this we, we give, right.
1: No we give drug cheats so much shit on here man I think the kid's standing up for the rights of the listen we don't want to be fighting drug cheats if she's been done pot for pot for drugs sling your hook
0: listen all I'm saying is that Jermaine, Jermaine Jermaine Randame does not make the rules does not control the sport she is not the promoter she doesn't get to say I do this or I do that she wasn't saying fuck all about Cyborg prior to winning the title, but as soon as as soon as she wins the title against Holly Holm, suddenly then it's like right, you're gonna have to fight Cyborg. Oh, I've got an injury, I've got a hand injury, I have to delay that. And then it was like right, okay, Jermaine Duran, maybe we need you to for a press conference and stuff. She's fucking disappeared in Holland, up some up some back alley smoking weed in the Bulldog Cafe in Amsterdam, <laughs> more than likely. She's gone. She she's off the radar. And so so it's like where's the champ gone? Like where's the featherweight champ gone? And then suddenly she reappears. And she's like, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's against my morals to fight a two-time drug cheat. So fuck.
1: What? What the fuck's it got to do with you? Well, like, you going, don't make I'm the rules. Minute, she doesn't make the rules. I don't care. She's getting. Listen, she's she's got to get in the octagon with you. If she, you know what I mean. We she's talk got about to fight this, her. No, we talk about this all the time, man. About kids getting juice. What? What if something? What if she gets in there? Cyborg's, you know, done a bit of juice, and she. Listen, I'm
0: telling you now, Cyborg is the most tested athlete in the UFC right now. I guarantee you. I guarantee, Cyborg hasn't pissed in a toilet for about six months. That girl carries her own <laughs> test tubes with her. I am telling you now, she is getting tested to high heaven. The UFC is not like boxing, where where, where you don't. You, sometimes you, you find out that people are in world title fights and they haven't even been tested once. The UFC test their athletes religiously. None more so than those in title class and knows about you know who are already champions. They get tested more than anyone. Conor McGregor's never, ever failed a test in his entire life. Yet, ahead of the Jose Aldo fight, he was getting tested every other week, every week sometimes. So I'm telling you now, Cyborg will be getting tested to high heaven. So if the UF, as far as I'm concerned, if Jeff Nowitzki is happy, then we should all be happy because ah. that guy has busted more people in sport than anyone in history. So if, if Jeff is saying she is safe to fight if he, if, if he is saying right okay her, her excuse for the second test was legit we tested it it's fine she can't unsafe to fight then you know what I'm going to back Jeff I'm going to go right okay if Jeff says she's fit to fight uh, she's got to fight Jermaine Romand may cannot say I don't want to fight her because it, if you want to, okay Sand, well you're no longer the champion I agree with the UFC fucker <laughs> <laughs>
1: Principles, morals stand no stead on this show. <laughs> Sling you up, kid. If you're not going to get in with you, do one. Well, all right then. All right then. Here's one for you, yeah. I love
0: the Megan Anson fight, by the way. That's a great fight. We'll get back she to, is listen, a
1: beast. We're going to get back to this in a minute. We're going to get back to it. But, but just on this then, right? So, Jermaine Duraname becomes champion. She doesn't want to fight the number one contender. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yep. What's the difference between that and what Bispin's doing?
0: Well, Bispin is. The UFC, it makes sense, you see, because the difference here is... Right, I'll tell you what the difference is. <laughs> I'll tell you what the difference is. And everyone knows the what the difference, difference
1: is, is. is English. <laughs> no, he, no. he can do what he wants.
0: Everybody knows what the difference is. And it's motherfucking Ching Ching. Motherfucking Moolah. Hello. Jermaine Durandamay fighting a other makes zip. Sells nothing. Does nothing for the organization. Jermaine Durandamay... Or, oh, let's be honest, not even Jermaine durand just Cyborg in a title fight, the belt that was brought in for her. That is the biggest fight in women's MMA right now, is Cyborg fighting for that belt mm. against a n other. Mm. So Jermaine durand doesn't matter. In terms of Michael Bispin, Bispin versus GSP sells more than Bispin versus Romero. Fact. So the UFC are hanging on like grim death, like Bisping, <laughs> praying that GSP will actually come back and isn't blowing smoke up all our asses. He is. And they prayed that fight is still going to come off. So Yoel Romero, in the meantime, is now going to have to go in as eliminator with Bobby
1: Knuckles, isn't he? So, mm. what does this then do for the rest of them? You can't have one rule for one and one rule for the other. Why, Nikki? But you, what do you mean? Why you can't do it? Because you piss everybody off and you <laughs> no, lose of course. all the fighters, mate. No, You're... no. Listen, I, 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 I'm t- I agree. But No you don't You don't agree, you agree. Right. You're saying it's all about the dollar I don't give a shit about rankings I don't care if you've been on a 10 Listen, fight win just, streak I don't just, care
0: We've just gone into the fact that the rankings are load of wank anyway They mean nothing
1: Yeah but if somebody's been on a 10 fight win streak I mean look at poor old Demetrius Johnson Look at poor old Demetrius Johnson He can't get any coin mate You know what oh, I mean
0: <laughs> Don't get me started on Mighty, Mighty
1: Mouse <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love how this whole game's changing because for years the UFC has prided itself. You do well in the UFC, you win your fights, you get you boost your rankings, you will get a title shot. That has been the message. With other through the whole tutelage of the Fatita Brothers, that was the message, wasn't it? Yeah, that it was, was the message. Hundred yeah. percent. Now it's changed hands. We've not even changed hands for a full year. And it's like that rankings thing, fuck it. Not interested. Yeah. Who makes the most dollar? Who's exactly. the biggest ticket seller? Bispin, Man. you have a year off, son. If you need two knee operations, I don't give a shit. Well you get back, you are you are in the fight with the big boy GSP, you can make some money. We'll put the whole weight division on lockdown for you. Who's yeah. who's kicking off? Y'all remember, you can't fucking sell a ticket, yo. What's up with you, mate? Here, fight Bobby Knuckles, see what happens there. And pray that Bobby <laughs> Knuckles smacks him and knocks him out. There you go. That's that's what he's turned into.
0: Right, IMG. It's show business now, son. It's show business. This isn't this is not sports. Don't kid yourself. This is show business. It's mm. about making money.
1: Well, to save
0: us that four billion pound debt.
1: Well, speaking of making money, mate, let's get to it, right? Because um, I would like to uh, uh, give a little bit of a credit to Boss Logic. They make some unbelievable fight posters. I have quite blatantly used part of a fight poster on today's episode picture. Uh, because it sat quite nicely with our episode 112 highest bidder moniker. And the reason why I've gone with that is because we found out earlier on this week um, that Conor McGregor is sponsorship free at this moment in time. He is not tied to anybody for his one-off Floyd Mayweather fight, which basically says cheddar fucking Ching to me, my friend. Hi- highest bidders, start applying now. Who wants to be on their kids' shorts? That, I don't think, when it first came through, there wasn't that much of a stink on social media. For me, as soon as I saw it, I went, are you fucking kidding me? Mm-hmm. That is unbelievable. How have, how have how has it happened? I mean, I don't know the legal... Maybe it's just because it's a boxing fight rather than a UFC fight, because the Reebok deal is just purely with the UFC, isn't it? So, therefore, maybe that's it. There's a loophole in it. And part of, obviously, Connor Taking the split that he's taken with this particular fight was that he could sort his own sponsorships out, mate. He's going to double his money and some.
0: You'd think so, yeah. You know, and uh, it was—you're right. It was MMA fighting. I think it was on Ariel's show uh, this week that that Audiotar, who's uh, who's Connor's manager from from Paradigm, they uh, he, he let it slip on there. You know, and, and it wasn't really pounced upon, but it's huge. You know, it, it is huge. Obviously, Reebok, who sponsored him in the UFC, and I've also got. No, the Reebok have signed up a couple of guys in the UFC for extra deals. Mm. So they kind of do like a T-shirt line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just explain the deal.
1: Just explain the deal. Because this is one of the things that we spoke to Vita Belfort in Manchester about. And this is the thing that he was getting pissed off about because he couldn't have external sponsorships because your contract, basically, with the UFC, you, you they sort your sponsorships out. You're not allowed to sort your own out, are you?
0: No, no. So if you're, if you're tied to the UFC, you have to wear Reebok. You get all their gear. <laughs> And if you're a top-end guy like Connor, you can also get uh, little deals with the likes of Monster and things like that because there's there's one or two brands that the UFC still allow to go on shorts, on the, on the Reebok shorts, even though they say you're not allowed. You'll, you'll see certain fighters with certain little logos on there. Mm. But, of course, Reebok are tied into a commitment deal, so if you've had so many fights in the UFC, you get paid X amount. It's like a sliding rule across yeah. everybody. However, fighters like Connor, fighters like... Uh, Dominic Cruz or some of the champions as well some of the other champions they have their own independent deals with Reebok where they do extra stuff elsewhere which makes them a few extra quid Hmm. no doubt Connors is a multi-million pound deal however for this fight with Floyd we have been told that the Reebok deal the contract does not cover boxing events so in theory Conor can go and complete and renegotiate an entire deal just for this one fight. Now, that he, he may, have, may well have a sensational relationship with Reebok, where Reebok, and he will stay loyal to that brand. But we're talking about Conor McGregor, and he just Jeebus. wants money. So I can't see that. I think Nike, I think Under Armour, I think every major sports brand on the planet. Not sport, not just sport. Maybe not even sport, yeah. Maybe Louis Vuitton. You could see the first pair of Louis Vuitton. Yeah, Rolls Royce. Everyone, all these top-end brands that he likes to mix himself with. I'm telling you, his shorts could be the most expensive shorts in the history of fight sports,
1: which is insane. And that's insane. <laughs> the real estate on them shorts, man, is going to be bonkers. I mean, a lot of people might think, listening to us, we're going, well, hang on a minute. Would a brand want to associate themselves with a the man that quite obviously is going to get beat in this fight? Now, we don't know if he's going to get beat. He might land that left cross, and who knows? Would you take that chance? How, how much he's, is he's it gonna... worth? How much is it worth to these brands to take that chance? Just imagine. Let's let's live in this crazy world, right, that Conor mm-hmm. McGregor lands the left shot and he fucking knocks out Floyd Mayweather. Let's say that happens.
0: What, that image of him celebrating oh, with his arm mate, raised. Mate,
1: what is that worth to a sponsor? Potentially. I mean, we're talking, there's a 1-2% chance of it happening. So what is that worth to a buyer? Well, that image would be,
0: in the history of fight sports, that would be as important of Ali standing over Sonny Liston. Yeah, man. You know, we're, we're, we're talking iconic We're talking. In, we're talking an immortal picture. Uh, exactly. An exa- exactly. Now the chances of that happening there's probably more chance of winning the lottery
1: but do you want to be the but marketing exec that sat there the that, day after it happens no. and goes oh fuck i said no to that
0: exactly or we didn't even pitch for that we didn't even put in for that shit and on top of the fact listen regardless of whether that actual moment happens and again it's a, it's lottery odds that it will happen i truly believe that however however it's the fact that connor is the a side i think connor drives this pay per view Connor's the one that's got to convince the world now that he's got a chance. Mayweather will come out for these presses when they eventually start and we can't wait for them. Mm. And when the shows start, it'll be Floyd saying, I'm going to take him to school. I'm going to absolutely bully this kid. Of course I am. And it's going to be Connor's job to convince the world that he's got a punch his chance. It's con- but because Conor is the biggest pay-per-view star on the planet today... Connor has got that kind of pulling power that he can. People absolutely adore him. And whatever brand signs with Connor, they need to release the tracksuit, yeah. walkout shirt, the shorts, the gloves, the boots. Everything needs to be on sale it to the to general be public because they will sell yeah. absolutely tons of them. Let me say this edition, all in exactly Limited
1: edition to this particular fight. So they say Connor McGregor, this... training camp, yeah.
0: tracksuits, shorts, yeah. everything. Cash in. Look what the UFC have done with Reebok. Look how they sell their shirts on UFC's own website, yeah, everything Emma. else. Someone buy, like Nike, or maybe it will be Reebok or whatever, someone comes in and dresses them. They Them shorts have got to be available before the fight even happens. The walkout shirts got to be available because I'm telling you now, they will make their money back in spades for whatever, however millions they pay Conor to wear their apparel they will make that money back, win, lose, or draw for Conor McGregor, because everyone loves him.
1: Now, obviously, it is open, obviously, for Floyd to sort his own sponsorships out and stuff like that, but he quite famously doesn't do an Apparel sponsorship. I know that people have been tweeting me saying, oh, yeah, but he's got a sponsorship with a watch company, Hublot. Is it a Hublot? Yeah. Hublot, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's got a sponsorship, I think, with a car company, so something like yeah. that. But Flo- App-
0: Floyd doesn't... Floyd but doesn't. A- but, need... Apparel.
1: but Apparel, yeah, yeah. he doesn't do no. it.
0: No, he doesn't. But no. he could.
1: Don't get me wrong, he could, but he, d- he, could. he doesn't. So, therefore... If he decides to just carry on as he normally does and doesn't do the apparel, mm-hmm. Connor could end up earning more money than him on this fight. You think so? Yeah. From what from what we're hearing, it seems like Connor is
0: guaranteed guaranteed pace as three quarters what Mayweather's guaranteed pace is. But the guaranteed pace then has pay per view on top. Yeah, and then whatever private
1: deals you do yourself. Cause... Do you think that's a fifty fifty split on the pay per view? I don't think it is.
0: Um, I don't know because it depends. depend Each market's different. You see, if you know, if once you get into it, it'd be like, okay, maybe it's more of a sixty forty in I, the US.
1: I, I think it's fifty five forty five all all round that.
0: But then you'd argue that the UK market or the European market could well be worth more to Conor McGregor. Hmm. So it may be a sixty forty split for Europe for Conor. I don't know. You know, these are all conversations. This is this is why it was so surprising that it kind of. it it almost felt like it happened overnight because everyone was saying it's not happening it's not happening it's not happening it's like oh yeah it's happening oh yeah and it's in 10 weeks it was Mm. just it was like a bolt out of the blue that's why we were saying if it does happen there's all these conversations still to be done. But from the sounds of it, you know, Conor may well have just gone, I just just want the fight. Guarantee me 75 and I'll take the fight.
1: Did you notice how I've just totally um, skated over and not even jumped in on you then talking about what we said last week on on this particular show, on our UFC show? Because those that only listen to the UFC show haven't heard my apology yet for saying last week, August 26th is definitely not happening. (laughs) So I'll say it again. I said it yesterday. I said it on Tuesday as well. I've eaten tons of humble pie. I've had tons of it, right? I've taken the bashing. We make mistakes every now and again. There you go. It's definitely happening on August 26th. Use that as your sound bite. I <laughs> apologise for last week's programme. But like what we've just been saying there, 75 million guaranteed, 100 million Floyd before they even throw a, throw a punch and anybody buys a pay-per-view. The pay-per-views will be off the scale. It will beat Pacquiao. There's no question about it. So you are talking more than 4.5 million buys just mm-hmm. in the United States of mm-hmm. America at 100. And I was told yesterday that it's $125 a fight. Wow. Shit the bed, mate. You know what I mean. And then you've got the split on that. Then you've got your sponsorship on top of that. Fucking hell, we're talking clearing two hundred million quid.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that, well, that's why they're saying it's the it's the half a billion pound fight, or even the billion pound fight, depending on global TV audience. But it's it, it, again, Connor's it's Connor's got to do his work. Yet we haven't seen the the fight itself. I've already described it as the dessert. The start on the main course is to come. And the start on the main course. I like, will be...
1: I like a starter. I like a starter. I like like a bit of soup and bread, me, be honest
0: with Ex- you. Yeah, oh no, I'm more of a I'm more of a pro cocktail. Guy, I knew you'd be eighties.
1: I yeah, knew you'd yeah, go yeah, away. I know you go Del Boy.
0: Definitely. <laughs> but I think the we've got we've got to see the Connor show yet. You know, Mayweather's show will be on the night. Connor's show is yet to come. Mate. We've got nine weeks of the Connor show yet. Mm. And I can't wait for it to begin because I'm so by looking the, forward I'm to telling it. you now, by the time the fight happens and this is why I want to write something this week. I'm going to do something on Fight Disciples website. We're going to start doing some written word stuff over the next in the build up to this, as well as doing these special shows. But I, I, I need to get it down on paper now. Me two thoughts on how this fight is going to play out because I'm telling you, by the time they walk to the ring, Conor's going to have changed everybody's mind. We're all going to have those doubts. We're all going to start going. You know what? This is actually a little bit more
1: 60-40 than Fuck I thought Floyd it was. Fuck Floyd Mayweather. Fuck Floyd Mayweather. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be unbelievable. I'm telling you now. I said this straight away. As soon as it was announced, he might lose the fight. He might lose the fight, but he will not lose the press conferences, mate. He will. He will murder. The the, he will the murder a lot of them.
0: And everyone who's saying now that they're not going to buy this fight, bullshit. is bullshit. And they know that in the pit of their stomach because when Conor gets going, I'm telling you, Conor is one of the greatest salesmen in fight sports history. Categorically, certainly the best that I've come across in two years of covering fights. Two years the mass Think man.
1: about the Rise Man. Five years ago, as he was making his UFC debut in Sweden, he nearly missed that flight because he was collecting his welfare check for 165 quid. It's insane, isn't it? He was in the queue and he was running to the airport to then make his flight for Sweden. Five years later, we are talking about grossing 200 million for one fight that's not even mixed martial arts. That, that is the power of this kid. He is self marketed himself to this point. Now, whatever you think of him as a geezer, whatever you think of him as a fighter, whatever you think about his opportunity within this boxing match, whatever you want a boxing event, whatever you want to call it, you have to take your hat off to that. Five years, mate. Five years for yeah. 165 quid a week.
0: No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was April 2013. There you go. When he fought Less Marcus Brimage. Four, four years. years.
1: Four years then. I'm sorry, I've over-egged four it. Four years. From, from that point to this point. In four years, he's turned he's turned his world upside down.
0: Yeah, he's gone from being on the door to being a multi-millionaire. It's insane, isn't it? On the Forbes list of the most richest sportsmen. It's incredible, man. And It just shows everybody out there that it can be done. It can be done by anybody. All you need is a little bit of charisma, a little bit of confidence and a healthy dose of, of skill. And uh, that's what Connor's done, man. He's just ran with it. Cool. Not, I, I truly believe that he's... You know, in, in terms of skill and technique and everything else, you know, he, he's probably not even in the top five mixed martial artists of all time when you break down his skill set. But the difference is, and this this goes across all sports, not just fight sports, his confidence and self belief is off the charts. It's unbelievable, and I think that's why, in the build up to this fight with Mayweather, he's going to convince us all because he'll convince himself. That he can school Floyd Mayweather. He'll convince himself and into in doing so, he'll convince us and we'll think, fuck, he's gonna knock Floyd out. He's gonna knock Floyd out, this guy. And that's why I need to get it down now before Connor starts filling me head with fantasies. <laughs> I need to put it down on paper that no, no, he's gonna school Connor. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes Store.
1: Now then this weekend. Uh, We've got a little bit of double-up action, man. We've got a little bit of Saturday. We've got a little bit of Sunday. Two different promotions going toe-to-toe with each other. We'll, go, we'll Seeing as this is a UFC show, we'll start with UFC, mate. We'll go to Oklahoma first because I want to get your animosity and your anger out the way, and then we'll move on to uh, maybe even more anger and animosity towards the old school that yeah. are going to be fighting in the Bellator show at Madison Square Garden. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah. I'll just say the name and you go for it, okay? UFC Oklahoma... BJ Penn's fighting. Go, go, go.
0: <laughs> oh, man. It just You know what? I feel like crying. I, honestly, I feel like crying. And Walk
1: away, BJ. If, if BJ's going to fight this
0: weekend, shouldn't he be in New York? Yeah. Shouldn't he be in New York on the Legends Tour with Bellator? Hmm. And what the hell is he still doing in the UFC? And, you know, it's getting to the point now as well. Where I'm starting to think, come on, UFC, for fuck's sake. You know, we know what's going to happen. You're going to say, you, you need to be the bigger team here and go BJ man we're not going to give you no more fights like you, you're busted up you're the shadow of your former self you are you are one of the greatest fighters in the history of the UFC categorically an absolute icon what are you doing to yourself What? why are you pushing yourself now you don't need the money you, you don't need it you don't need to prove anything else and just cut them loose I and mean, we know what will happen if, if, if they did nothing after the last fight which they should have done hmm. and they stitched them up a bit with that last fight anyway yeah but if they'd have cut him loose then, yes, he probably would have been fighting this weekend for Bellator over in New York. But then that's BJ's problem, you know what I mean? Then at least then you kind of come out of it and go, okay, we did the right thing. You know, at what point do, does does someone need to say to BJ stop fighting? Because in ten years' time, fucker's gonna be you know sitting on a beach in Hawaii, drinking his di- drinking his dinner through a straw. Hmm. You know what I mean? What what's the point then? Hmm. I, I I just I just know it's it's tough it's tough to watch BJ and uh, again the fight this weekend against Dennis Seeva this fight's been on and off for about 3 years anyway mm. this is kind of his level now so that's a little bit okay but Seeva's like this tough german you know wrecking ball on his day anyway he's probably a bit past it this is kind of his level now but do we need to see i, I don't know it's, it's one of them i'll be watching it from behind the couch just praying he doesn't get hurt and just wishing that he at the end of this fight i just wish that bj is is staying on just to get a win and if that's the case, then Dennis Seaver could be the right opponent from just to get a win, just so we can go right. Okay, I just needed that win. There's me gloves mm. centre of the octagon. Thanks for the support, BJ. You've been a legend. That's great. You know, look at we 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 talk. Hard, we, you know, it, it, He's lost his last four, and his last four: Nick Diaz, Rory Macdonald, Frankie Edgar, Yair Rodriguez. All, all top guys, you know, obviously Nick's not one of fighting forever, but Rory's still a, a decent welterweight, even though he's moved on. Frankie, of course, still a title contender. Yar Rodriguez, one of the future stars of that weight class. So it's good people he's beaten. If he loses to Deniceva, that's got to be it. But you know what? I'm just playing he loses. if he wins against Deniceva, that's it as well.
1: Hmm. Uh, a little bit further down that card, uh, Johnny Hendricks is on it, uh, and this is a man that we all genuinely believed that was going to be the next superstar. When he put some manners on uh, GSP, you thought to yourself, "Way up, here he comes! Yeah. And then he steps up, then he steps down, then he has trouble with weight, and then he just goes on this skid, and you think to yourself, oh, well, there you go, that, that didn't last long. However, he seems to have himself out, man. He seems to be... He, he seems to be... I mean, I'm touching wood when I'm talking this. He seems to be back on the right path. Important that yeah. he keeps that momentum going this weekend against Tim Bush.
0: Yeah, well, he you know he looked good. He looked finally you know like he'd grown into his body a little bit against Hector Lombard, but and he got he got that win last time out, which he badly needed after three defeats uh, and failing to make weight on two of those occasions. Mm. So. <clears throat> You know, maybe he has got something to offer this middleweight division. Personally I thought he looked fleshy against Hector Lombard, he looked like a fat welterweight. Hector Lombard looked like a juiced up welterweight. Both those guys aren't middleweights. Tim Bosch who's fighting this weekend is a proper fucking huge guy. You know, a guy that's not only fought at middleweight, but has fought quite often at light heavyweight as well. Hmm. So this is a this is a real middleweight that Johnny Hendricks is coming up against this weekend. And Johnny and Tim Bosch is the guy that everybody loves to look past. Look ta- look past them at your pedal. Big tough street cop, ass kicking motherfucker. Mm. And if uh, good if ground Hendrix... game as
1: well. I mean, he look at yeah, him, he, he's think...
0: rounded Timbo. She's yeah, good.
1: that's it. The people look at him and they just go, "He's oh, just a dig. He, he just whacks." That's it. But then you, his ground game's wicked, man. He's really good. It
0: is, yeah. His ground game's good. So uh, obviously, Johnny Hendricks' background in wrestling's fucking super. Yeah, yeah as of course. course. So really high level uh, AAA wrestler. So it, it's a, it's a good match up. But I think Johnny Hendricks after this fight will whether he wins or not, unless he, he starches Timbo Chirley, if this is a tough fight for him, I think Johnny Hendricks has got to pray to him. He's got to try and move back down to welterweight if he's ever going to do anything, because he ain't going to do anything at middleweight.
1: Mm. At, uh, the main attraction at Oklahoma... Um, and, and a lot of fight fans will have seen, obviously, the, uh, the when they released all the summer schedule, the summer fights. These were the two that kicked off at the, uh, the press conference. Uh, Michael Chiesa against Kevin Lee. There was obviously a little yep. bit of back and forth about somebody's mum. Next thing you know, it's the old playground vibe. <laughs> the, that's it. It's the old playground vibe, innit? You know what I mean? Someone's yeah. giving someone some shit and then you just go, yeah, your mum. And then that's it. Away it goes. Whoa, don't talk about my fucking mum. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. And it goes off, man. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there on this now, right? Because Yeah, go on, go on. It, it was Kevin Lee. It was Kevin Lee that landed the punch in that um in that altercation and he was the one that was giving Kieser's mum a little bit of shit. Even though Kieser was giving him a little bit of back that 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 is where that ended right so it was mm-hmm. kieser that was pulled off him and he didn't really get to uh, retaliate let's say yeah. he's going to retaliate this weekend man he's going to he's going to put it on him on the deck and he's going to take him down and choke that motherfucker out that's what's happening kieser is yeah
0: listen i love this fight and people who listen to the show will know that i've been rapping about kevin lee All year, well, since last year, really. If you remember last year in Vegas, it was the tough finale, and uh, Jake Matthews, the Australian who I was talking big things about, came up against Kevin Lee, and I was like, this is a great fight, a real fight, a, a like a crossroads fight for these two young prospects. One of these is going to have to rebuild. The other one's flying. Kevin Lee gets an amazing knockout in that fight. Then he uh, got a big win uh, coming out of that back in Belfast, where they said, look out from there. He won performance of the night bonus. He's just had a big win against Ronaldo. Kevin Lee is hot as anything, totally committed, great fighter. He's got a massive reputation based out of extreme couture. This is one of the guys that I am definitely... tipping to be a future lightweight title contender however
1: yes I I thought you were going to poo poo everything that I've just said there man you're bringing it come on give it me bring me back bring me back
0: however I will not bet against Michael Chiesa because anyone that trains with Michael Chiesa says he's an absolute beast in every way, shape, or form, he's got everything in his arsenal. His ground game's superb. He's tough. He's resilient. He's been in decent sized fights before against a bit against bigger names than Kevin Lee's faced, like Sir Jim Miller, Joe Lauzon, Jorge Masvidal, Ali Quinter. Mm. He's mixed in a better class. He's uh, I don't know whether he's ever hi- headlined a card before. Obviously, I think he won tough, but I don't think he's ever headlined a card. But he's he's used to bigger events than Kevin Lee. The both of them are headlining their first card here, I believe. Um, so, it, it, a little bit of pressure on them both, but it's probably Chiesa that goes in it a lot more relaxed. There's a bit more pressure on Kevin Lee. I feel going into this fight, but listen, this is a belter. This is an absolute belter of a fight. This is not like last weekend where it was the two girls. Whoever loses this, where did we go next? Both these guys are genuine lightweight contenders on their way to the belt, on mm. their way up the rankings, and whoever wins this, you know, is is within touching distance of the of the guys at the very top. So it's a great fight, and if. You know what? If you're going to go Chiesa, I'm going to go with Kevin Lee by stoppage.
1: Look, why would you do that? Why would you just go? Because home, I, I like
0: I like to go against. I no like, like to go got, against you. you. No, that's called hedging like your bet. bet.
1: That's called hedging your bet. That's what you're doing. Basically, you you checking the risk that I might be wrong is what you're doing there, so you can brag next week. That's what you. Yeah, doing. I
0: just want to do the ha ha. I want to do you know the <laughs> fucking kid from the Simpsons. Hey, that, put- that's, that's what I want to do. What, so it's it, it that close I think it's a really close fight yeah, it is I'd say Chiesa starts as better favourite purely because of his experience he's experienced at the higher level he's been in the UFC a bit longer uh, but Kevin Lee's the real deal too man anything okay. could happen in this fight both can bang both can. Both got good ground game strong jiu-jitsu submission games it's a great fight
1: tidy Hendricks decision Chiesa uh, by uh, submission there you go that's that, That's my tips for, uh, for UFC Oklahoma anything else on that card that lights your candle
0: uh, I love Clay, Clay Greedy. I've always loved Clay Greedy, you know, the carpenter. The, he, he, I love his style, the way he bounces around the octagon. I would love to see him kind of sign off on his on his career with a win. Uh, he can't buy a win these days, unfortunately. I don't think he's strung a couple of wins, back-to-back wins together. Has he done it since the year 2000? I don't know. It, it, you know, it, it's his career, since he fought Benson Henderson, and that lightweight title eliminated, he just hasn't been able to string any wins together. But I'm a huge Clay Guida fan. I would love to see him win. Eric Koch as well. This is a guy that at one stage was, was a, a title contender. He was being lined up to fight Jose Aldo. And then he got sick. He had to pull out of a fight with Jose Aldo for the belt and got sick. And his fucking career has never really come back together since. Um, he, he, Again, he's another one that can't string two wins together these days. So... For me, that's that's one that's going to jump out just because both guys have have tasted the topper ends of the division. But both guys are fighting now really to stay relevant in this sport.
1: Mm, There you go. That's UFC Oklahoma. There is another card on this weekend, which if you're a ultimate fan of mixed martial arts, I've no doubt you've got an interest in. The reason being that you'll have an interest in it is because it's basically uh, UFC from 10 years ago, is whats is, <laughs> is what it is. Um, Bellator are going to New York City, baby, they're going to Madison Square Garden and it's basically a who's who uh, Hall of Famers from the UFC participating in Bellator. I love the fact that it's builders um, elite level, and this is not disrespect to these guys because they are elite level, or were elite level, but I don't know why they just don't come out and brand it as a legend tour. Just come yeah. on, man. Just come straight out and say, listen, here they go. Here's your legend. Da-da-da-da-da. Because the legends are fighting the legends this weekend. Now, before we get to the legends, in America, this is obviously a pay-per-view uh, event, but the top of the um, free to tour stuff, Ryan Bader is there making his uh, Bellator debut. A lot's been made of that. A guy that's only just uh, left the UFC, taking on Phil Davis, the champ. And you. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> For those that haven't listened to our UFC show from day one, right? Basically, Nick has travelled all over the world watching the UFC. He's been everywhere in all different countries to watch the UFC. And every time we talk about various fights, he keeps coming back to the first time that he saw Phil Davis, Ryan Baird a fight. And he does that sound. He basically referred to it <laughs> as the worst fight he has ever seen in his entire career covering mixed martial arts. And you are ecstatic that they're going at it again in yeah. the in the Grand Garden at Madison Square.
0: Well, I've seen Phil Davis actually come out this week and apologise to anybody that's seen the first fight. Did I it? Thought, well, that's Good fucking, lad. That's a great like advertisement for this second fight. But you know what? This is the, the This is the Bellator light heavyweight title, and it's not even made it onto the main card. Mm. You know, it's on the Spike TV portion of this card. It's not even made it onto the pay per view. It says it all because ain't no one fucking going to pay to watch these two fight again. I mean, <laughs> I'm even surprised. Honestly, it, it baffles me why you'd even make this happen because you know what? If that's not entertaining, I would never, ever want to watch every, either of these two guys again. Unfortunately, mm. the styles just did not gel. I am not looking forward to this fight at all. The good thing is, as it stands now, it's Wednesday, it's quarter past nine at night. As we're recording when we're recording, and we still have not had any confirmation from Bellator if this fight is going to be screened in the UK in any way, shape, or form, anyway, which is fucking ridiculous. Um, But anyway, um, listen, forget about that fight, I'm not even interested. I, I've, I've been burnt by them once before I like Phil Davis I think he's great and I think Ryan Bader's great as well I just, when you put them in knockdown together forget about it man mate, do, do not invite me to that
1: mate I just, I, you don't want to analyse it you don't want to say you know what I mean Bader might take this if it stays on the feet if it goes to the ground Davis has got no. him all day long you don't want to say things like that you just want to leave it
0: no honestly it's the, <laughs> first, it's the only time in my professional career sitting ringside when two guys left the ring or the cage in this instance when I felt like fucking stand up and booing them myself like <laughs> getting in the face boo that was fucking awful <laughs> it was that bad it now, was really that bad
1: if you if you do manage to get a stream for this because like you said there is no um, UK noise no. at this moment in time what with him is they, they
0: were supposed to be mentioning they were supposed to be revealing something tonight hmm. so if they do reveal anything tonight we'll put it on our social media hmm. but prior to mo- walking into this studio they still haven't released anything it's
1: though. all owned by the same company that on channel five and spike exactly. in the UK it's crazy so it's it's amazing that it's not on in some way shape or form last time they did it on that 24 um, hour delay did the USC London well, sorry Bellator London which I thought was absolutely ridiculous Just put it on live what the fuck's up with everybody time yeah. delay why are you putting it on time delay just stick it on I'm watching it on social media I know who's won the fights come on get on with it yeah. um, so I'd be amazed if this isn't in some way shape or form on uh, British television and if it is on British TV and you do get to watch Phil Davis and Ryan Bader and it's fucking unbelievable uh, at PT Editor on uh, social media. Don't bother with Fight Disciples. Don't go over to the Fight Disciples account because that, he'll avoid it. Go to his personal account, yeah? At Pete... Is it underscore? If it's not, I'll fucking tweet it, so you better admit it now.
0: It is underscore, yeah. At Pete... Underscore. underscore editor, yeah.
1: There you go. Give him a blast. If this is an unbelievable fight, just abuse him all weekend because he has notifications on his phone so it'll keep going off. <laughs> right? So, oh, for f- <laughs> Fuck the fuck is this?
0: I've heard, I've just had a message through... I've just fired up my emails. Bellator, have confirmed. Monday. Monday.
1: They're putting the TV on Monday.
0: Bellator New York will be aired in the UK on Monday. What's
1: the fucking point in that? Honestly, God. Why are they doing that? It's fucking wank. So there you go. Get sat- a grip. So there you go. Saturday night, you'll be sat there, you'll probably, or even Sunday morning, because you're probably not that arsed about it, because he's really sold Phil Davis and um, Ryan Bader for <laughs> you. So you'll have a little bit of a look at that on Sunday morning, but you've got to wait yet another 24, 36 hours before you even get to see that. Uh, it's Friday night, isn't again. it?
0: It's Friday night. So it'll be, it should be Saturday, 4am, but instead you've got to now wait until Monday evening.
1: That's right, yeah. It's insane. Honestly, hmm. oh, God.
0: <laughs> Dickheads. <laughs> Anyway, let's let's quickly scoot over the main card, because I do like the main card, the pay-per-view card, I like it. Douglas-
1: Hang on a minute, you turncoat, right? Look at him now going, oh yeah, so that's shit, but look at the main card. Oh, that card, fight's the main fucking awful. Right, how many articles have you written about Million Enco slagging the shit out of him because he didn't go to the UFC?
0: Yeah, well, i not slacking <laughs> them because, well, yeah, I am. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah, yes, you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But now, all of a sudden, you're thinking, oh, this is good. And don't forget, this is Matt Mitrione. Matt Mitrione, who couldn't piss that fucking stone out of his cot last time, and therefore that fight didn't happen. This is, like you've just said, we're recording this on a Wednesday evening. Yeah. It, was, it was, I'm sure it was Friday last time of fight week where Matt Mitrione uh, came off fight card. Uh, because he had uh, stones. What's the, what do they call it? Is it gold, gold stones? stones? Is that what he gold had? Stones? Yeah, gold stones, yeah. So he pulled out of, of fight week. So I'm not holding my breath, mate. You know what I mean? Nope. I don't even know if the, the octagon walk. But go on, sell it to me.
0: Well, the t- listen, the two Freak Show fights, we can we can giggle about them in a moment. I'm just want i just talking about the two title fights that are on there. Douglas Lima, Lorenz Larkins, a, a, a great fight for the welterweight title. And Michael Chandler, who's probably one of the best, you know, he's certainly top 10 lightweights in the world, uh, is defending his belt as well. So both those guys I really like. I like Lima, I like Chandler.
1: Douglas Lima that's on uh, Tough Redemption. That's his brother. Oh right, I'm going get getting a little bit that, confused there. That's I'm thinking, their kid. I'm going to say bloody hell, he's come out. Hasn't he? Where's he yeah,
0: gone? That's that's the kid. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, he's on there, and also the other one I want to see is young Aaron Pico. Now most people probably haven't heard of this guy, but we we, we wrote about him when I was uh, when I was still a fighters only. We did a big piece on him last year. So this guy is like this fucking elite um, wrestling prodigy from the US that came that just missed out on qualification for the last olympic games i believe literally narrowly just missed out prior to that he was winning all his tournaments he was like you know a real wrestling superstar
1: hmm.
0: he's also a, a multi-time golden gloves boxing champion wow he's also <laughs> a multi-time pancration fighting champion as well now pancration was in the original olympic games and it's all it's it's kind of no rules for, uh arm arm to arm combat so it's it's boxing it's it's kickboxing it's kind of like a prehistoric version of mixed martial arts wow that's pancration he's a champion in that as well so this kid is is basically been made and, and his entire life, he's been bred um, to become an elite mixed martial artist. Now, the UFC, everyone was interested in this kid, but Bellator scooped everyone, put him on a massive paycheck, gave him all kinds of money and a sponsorship deal and everything. This was like two years ago. Hmm. This guy has been getting paid by Bellator for the best part of two years. He finally makes his debut here in UFC, uh, at Bellator New York, sorry, against the guy, of course, a, a young guy that no one's heard of. I' just really interesting to see what Adam Pico looks like. And because this is the guy, see, Bellator's model is to have Chael on and against Vandalay and Fedor against whoever, and to have these legends on to get eyeballs, to get you know Tito, and so people watch it to get eyeballs. But then they've got to have the likes of Adam Pico, the likes of Michael Venom Page, yeah. the likes, of these young guys who are going to, the next. So you you watch it to see Chael and Tito and Fedor and mm-hmm. Vandalay of course. But there's also that, oh, that Adam Pico is the star. Definitely watch him again. Mm. And so I get why Scott is going with this. So, and that's why Aaron Pico is on the main card. And Phil Davis, Ryan Bader for the light heavyweight title is actually bumped down the card, mm. even though it's a title fight. So mm. uh, those three fights are good fights. Well, Fido Mitrione, ah, come on, you know.
1: And Chael and Wander um, listen, Chail
0: I'm looking forward to seeing Vandalay because I fucking love Vandal. Everybody
1: loves Vandalay, but, but, but love Van But come on, mate, right? I don't know about you, but I've still got that sour taste in my mouth. Yeah? You might have cleaned your teeth since this, but I have got that sour taste in my mouth about uh the Tito fight with the uh, with Chael, which was basically absolute farcical, mate. Yep, It, it was a farce.
0: It was, it, was it, it
1: was like they just went to uh, uh, and did a performance on Strictly Come Dancing, right, it let's was call it a day, it. and they walked out. And you think to yourself, well, hang on a minute, that's not what this was billed as. No. This has to kick off. They, for, it, for... It,
0: it's got to, yeah. It's got to be more than just verbals because these guys were supposed to fight in the UFC. Yeah. If you remember, the, this fight was made for the UFC, and then both, fa- both failed their drug tests. Chael come out and said, I've just had a drug test there, and I'm going to fail because I'm, I'm juiced. And then the drug test went to Vandalay's gym in Las Vegas and he excused himself and ran out the fire exit <laughs> and jumped on a plane to Brazil. So, you know, and it's just, you couldn't make this shit up. So let's just say the Bellator drug testing slightly different from the UFC's drug testing. And we're getting to see this fight a couple of years later under completely different circumstances. But let's not forget that, uh, you know, this fight should have happened or was about to happen. And both of these guys got done effectively. So... Uh, there's a reason why it's happening now and it's happening on Bellator because you know the the drug testing at Bellator is not the same as with UFC
1: uh, if anybody's got um, um, I don't want to say a stream because that's not where I want to go I want to go with maybe um like a Facebook page or something like that which is technically a stream. But if anybody's got any information of where you can actually watch this live ping it our way otherwise we'll all have to wait till Monday to check this out because it's ridiculous that we're we're not being treated to this. Uh even if it's just a playback in the morning or whatever it may be. Yeah. But to have to wait that I'm sure the of time. highlights
0: will be out there. I'm sure Spike'll put the highlights out, you know, at some stage on uh, on Saturday morning anyway, mm. but uh it's just a shit show from Bellator. It's like, come on. And why, you know, you own the about... t- It's not
1: like you don't own the TV company. You exactly. own them. You exactly. own them. Make it's it happen.
0: Like they're talking about coming back to the UK again to do a Michael Venom Page show in London and everything else. So they, they, they obviously cared about this market. Why not just fucking... Viacom are the, are the parent company of everything. just Viacom just put it on, if not Channel 5, just put it on Spike in the UK. Mm. It's insane that we're going to have to wait till Monday to watch what is their biggest event this year. <laughs> ridiculous this is the fight disciples podcast subscribe now via the itunes store
1: thank you very much for listening to our little award-winning program Um, we genuinely do appreciate not only you listening but to um getting involved with us on social media some of the tweets that we get are highly amusing and there's a lot of knowledgeable dudes that listen to this show uh, so we fully appreciate your uh, input on various things and obviously suggestions of what you might want to hear or see uh, in the near future on this particular show. So please, send them our way, at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's all there for you. That's where we interact on a daily basis, to so come and have a little bit of a play, man. Um, if you don't subscribe, come on. What are you playing? It's only a little button. We don't bug you. Three free episodes a week. Just turns up in your feed, and then all of a sudden, it's a little Brucey bonus, isn't it? Just imagine, right? You're in work like next Friday. You're having a shit day. Weather's turning. You're thinking to yourself, what can I do? I need an hour to pass the time. Uh, oh, I've got a notification on my phone. What's this here now? Oh, Fight Disciples have released another episode. Let's have a little bit of a here. And it's just us giving Conor McGregor shit or something. Brilliant. There you go. An hour's gone on it. An hour's passed. And all you have to do is hit that subscribe button for that notification. Go on. And if you feel, hey, if you're feeling really good, come on now. Five star review. That'd really make us happy. And it'll also help us uh, with our chart position as well. So please, please uh, give it a little bit of a blast. It's all available on our website, fightdisciples.com.
0: It sure is. And you know what else is available on our
1: websites? Oh, here it he goes. Fucking... Uh...
0: Limited edition Fight Disciples logo tees as worn by the stars. You will see Conor McGregor in one prior to the Floyd Mayweather fight. Once, once Conor wears it, Jordan, the 24-7 show for Floyd Mayweather. I'm telling you now, we will be sold out. It will be sold Mate. out. So you need to get it quick. Mate. Get online now. Get on to fightdisciples.com. Hit our store button. Limited edition logo T. I'm telling you now, get it before Conor wears it because it'll be gone by gone as soon
1: as he does. Tony not a tenner. <laughs> fightdisciples.com. Knock yourself out, man. It's all there. We'll catch you next time.
0: Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.